Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. I'm of course your host, Real Gerald Quinn, episode 871. As we are back for another season, the final season of the hit FX show, Snowfall. Um, just happy. I, I feel like I've been promoting the show on my podcast and on my uh, various social media sites, especially Instagram, for like the last three months. But uh, I definitely anticipate the season premiere of, of this show, it being the last season. Third season for us, cover, for me, covering it with the podcast. We'll start off in season four. Um, and at some point, I'm going to go back and um, I'm going to go back and do a do seasons one through three retrospectively, similar to what me and Rob Sapp did with the uh, Wire remix a couple of years ago. So let's get right to it. Um, so for the third straight year, you had them going, uh, you had them rolling out two episodes in the on the premiere night, which I think is a very smart move to get you back um, into the mix here in terms of uh, what transpired, following up what transpired with last season, season five. Themes for this episode, I had every man for himself and consequences. We see that a number of the main characters uh, has their has their own agenda. All of them, whether it's Franklin, whether it's Teddy Mac, Jerome, Louis, Gustavo, um, even Ruben from the KGB, uh, even Ruben, um, they are under the gun. Literally and figuratively, under pressure to under pressure to uh, get to, to get things done, to um, you know, to fight off what you know what happened, what transpired in the last season, and I, of course, consequences. We see the uh, this episode one was called Fallout for a reason, so they pick it picks up right where we left off, and in, um, in the final episode of last year, the season finale of last season. Um, quick recap before we get into the deep dive. Uh, Franklin goes after Louis and Jerome's businesses. Um, he gets Veronique, um, Veronique to launder his money with help from her mom to recover his $73 million. Teddy finds Parisa but loses his gun contact following Avi's um, death. Gustavo, of course, at the hands of Ruben. Gustavo turns informant for the DEA. And Franklin continues to go after Teddy Mac. Kane puts pressure on Franklin to get at Louis and Jerome. So that is the quick uh, synopsis of what transpired um, in the first two episodes. Uh, deep dive, Sissy and Jerome. So it is, it, you look at these two characters, right? The uh, brother and sisters, of course, Sissy played by Michael Hyatt and Jerome played by Ben Joseph. They right now are are completely headed in opposite directions in terms of where their characters started out the series. Remember, Jerome starts out selling dime bags, moving a little weight, nothing big, you know, weight bench on you know on on his porch. Simple. I mean, Jerome, he's not you know, Jerome is doing his thing, keeping it you know, keeping it quiet. Sissy is the was kind of a conservative, uh, single mom working a ton of hours, just wanted to provide the best for her son, Franklin. Sissy, of course, Jerome, of course, um, somewhat introduces Franklin to the game with the dime bags, and after that, you know, 
you know, everything, the rest was history. And, of course, they clashed, Sissy and Jerome, over the course of the last five seasons, first five seasons, have clashed in regards to, in regards to how his involvement into where Jerome, where Franklin is right now. But now it's, it's completely reversed. Like, Sissy, and we'll talk about the scene with Jerome, with Sissy and, and Franklin later, Sissy is the one who, who is out for blood. She wants Kate. She wants Teddy Mac. Teddy Mac dead. She's in it. Like she's full. She's she's all in. And Jerome, despite the fact of the wealth, the riches, and everything that's come with it, seems to be seems to frankly be in it reluctantly. And I'm not gonna say he wants out because you know he realizes that he's in too deep for to uh to get out. But he seems to one, he seems to be in a place where he, you know, wants that simple life, wants it, you know, wants that he once had. Uh, and we'll, again, we'll get, we'll talk more about that when we discuss the, the that epic scene that Jerome and, and Franklin had that ended the uh, second episode. But so these, like, in terms of their mindsets and mentalities, mentalities, they've kind of similarly, they've kind of traded places. Like in a sense, like Jerome, uh, you know, Jerome doesn't, you know, Jerome wants it with, I, I think, would love to be where Sissy started out the, the, the series at. Keeping quiet, mind his own business. And Sissy wants all the smoke right now. She wants all of it. I mean, all of it. <laughs> she gave Franklin that, that pep talk at the end of, uh, basically at the end of, uh, of episode one. All the way towards the latter part of episode one fallout. So it's very interesting to watch, you know, this brother and sister dynamic. Uh as they are just connected. I mean, they're gonna be, you know, is the like they you know, they are forever intertwined as as brother and sister in, in regards to their uh association, their relationship with Franklin. Um how their relationship again well, you know, it'll be it's gonna be very interesting to see how their how their relationship um progresses throughout the season. It, because right now they are they are on opposite sides of the fence. Like that's a, like Sissy made it clear uh in that meeting with Jerome, like, yeah, I took his side and you're right. I you know, I rolled with him, I took him over your brother, took him over uh took him over you. He's my son. He does that's the bottom line. He's like, yes, that's you're my brother, but he's my son. Despite everything that Jerome did for Sissy uh, in taking Franklin uh, under her, you know, uh, under his wing before, you know, he he introduced him with the dime bags and, and into the into the drug game. Uh, you get and Jerome got into this during uh, during that scene at the end of the, uh, episode two. Um, despite that, you know, Sissy said, "Hey, this is my son," and basically, I, I think Sissy was sending a message to Chuck Jerome, like. You know, yeah. I want you to work this out with Franklin, and we want to come to kind of like a, a, a sort of like a truce and come to the meeting of the heads. But if it all comes down to it, I'm going to choose my son. That's all. There is no two ways about it. I'm going to choose my son, and of course, Sissy has her own agenda in regards to revenge against Teddy Mac. So that, so again, very interesting to see. Uh, where these two characters started and where they're at 
uh, as of right now. All right, let's get into best. Sorry, best scenes. Um, Jerome Franklin. Um, let, let me first. No, let me start out with with Sissy Franklin. I want to end with Jerome Franklin because that was again that, that that to me was a legitimately a top five scene in, in the history of the show. Sissy Franklin. So towards the latter part of, of episode one, Sissy uh, is kind of perplexed that you know things are kind of not moving forward as quickly as she would have thought. Um, she says that, uh, you know, to frankly, basically, I thought you wanted to burn this whole motherfucker down. Um, what, you know, what happened to that mindset? And Franklin has reservations about doing business with the KGB. So Franklin, in order to take out Teddy Mac, uh, Dave Franklin, of course, would have to side with Ruben. And of course, Ruben is connected with the KGB. Franklin, you know, thinking, you know, thinking uh, patriotically is like, eh, do I, do I really want to go that route? You know, they don't have, are they, you know, are they going to have it over us if we, if we go down that, if we go all the way with them? Sissy basically is like, what, like, what are you talking about? Like, this country, and this was a recurring theme, of course, over the course of the episode about uh, Sissy's frustration and about the treatment of Africa, of black people. So basically, this country doesn't give a fuck about us. So why should we give a fuck about them? That basically was her basically was her message to Franklin. Right? We are living in an oppressed society. Yeah, we are the oppressed. Um, and she, and she, we've heard her mention this before. Remember, she's the she was married to Alton, Alton, who was a Black Panther. So she comes from, from a militant background from that standpoint. Uh, so she basically said, "I'm I'm not you know, I'm not standing here waiting any longer for for somebody to help me." As I, as I, you know, as we continue to be oppressed, I'm going to go out. I, she has the contacts with, with Ruben. She's going, she's, she's all in and she's going to do whatever it takes to take out, uh, KG, not KGB, excuse me, to take out, uh, Teddy back, Teddy McDonald. And she, she, she has this, like, my first of Michael Hyatt in this scene was just, was, it was a virtuoso performance. Michael Hyde, who, I, who we all remember, he has, uh, you know, a Brianna Bark stuff in The Wire. She was, she, you, I mean, you can't have a better scene. It's hard for us to have a better scene um, in terms of acting. She was that good in the scene. Uh, she gives us this, basically this two-minute monologue basically saying, like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm no longer on the defensive i'm on the i'm 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 on the offensive i'm coming after him i'm not waiting to be knocked around anymore that's not happening and she meant she tells this story to franklin in regards to why she why she believes that teddy didn't kill her because he felt like she said he feels like she, she felt like uh he felt like she was in she had no she wasn't a threat to him at all that she was just purely insignificant that's the only reason why she believes that she lived, that she that she lived, because he easily and she's right, he easily could have killed her. He easily could have killed her. So she wants him to know not only does she want to kill Teddy, not only does she want him dead, she wants him to know that it was her. She wants him to know that it was her. And you know that 
again, this is, this, is a, this is a dope thing about this show. That speaks to so much that's going on in society today um, in regards to, again, the oppression, in regards to, uh, you know, African-Americans at times feeling, maybe feeling insignificant because of how they're treated and what have, what, what, what happens. We, you know, we get to a point where, you know, we start rioting, we go through, we, we start protesting and then shit gets broke, shit gets torn down or burnt down. So that, that, that is where Sissy's at right now. She's ready to burn shit down. No more peaceful protests. No more, you know, she's not, you know, boycotts. That sounds well, that sounds all well and good. She's ready to burn shit down. She's ready to break shit. That's her, that's the, that's the mentality she has right now. And she, she in that scene was speaking for, uh, for a number of African Americans. How do you feel about this country in 2023? That's what made that scene as as serious and so layered as it was. And she basically challenges Franklin, like, "What? Like, are you with me? Or what are you? What are you going to do? Like, what are you going to do?" She said, "Like, in that moment, you you realize what how Franklin got all his 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 ferocity and leadership from. Like, in that moment, she was like, like, yeah, his cunning and all that stuff. And we saw some of that." We saw some of that in the prior episode uh, in season five, at the end of season five, when she was discussing the, the, the KGB and the context that she had and, and going through some strategy with Franklin in terms of the, uh, taking out Cage, uh, Teddy, uh, Teddy McDonald. So, so we've seen this. We've seen this from her before. Right. But this one, this one, she went, she went all in. She was, she went for it in this scene. Michael Hyatt was phenomenal in this uh, particular scene. So, you had that scene, Franklin and Cassandra. So we get introduced to a new character. Uh, it was briefly touched upon last season at the in the season finale of, of season five. Cassandra, of course, is Veronique's mother, and I love this. I love this character. I the, the actress' name is uh, I think Tiana 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 Taylor. I think is the name of the actress. But I, I love this character already because how the intelligence, the mystery. All the connections. You see somebody that's well connected. Clearly, um, she helps. First of all, at the beginning of the, you know, uh, she helps Franklin uh, and Veronique launder the money uh, with the with the Miami Connect. Then they meet uh, at this uh, barbecue place. Uh, at this weird place, she's enjoying some ribs and a beer. Franklin, you know, is uptight. Franklin was re- kind of reluctant to take the meeting at first, but she basically tells Franklin like. I can help you get your money, but it's going to come with a 20% finder, 20% finder's fee. So they end up negotiating to 10%, but she basically, she tells Franklin, like, look, the guy, the guy who took it may be a killer and professional and all that, but the person, the persons who helped you, who helped him, helped them, helped him back, take that money. Not quite as, not really that sharp. Like they, she gave Franklin a sense that like, I can get your money back. Like, Like I can, I, I got the kind of, I had the means, the connections to get your money back if you you know if, and they settled in on a ten percent ten percent fee. Uh, of course Franklin wants his you know, wants the seventy three million dollars that Teddy Mac took from last season. Uh I again I love this character. First of all, you know, we still have to we still need to know more and I think more will come out. More certainly will come out in terms of what transpired 
with Cassandra and Veronique and what why was Veronique in, you know, why was Veronique imprisoned and all just a bunch of stuff that happened that we need to find out that, that will be uh, that I'm sure will be unpacked over the course of the season. And she basically settled with the ten percent finder's fee and she also wants to be in uh the life of her uh of her soon to be uh grandchild. Uh so again this character there's a lot of there's a lot of meat on the bone with this particular character. The actress, uh, I think, did an excellent job. But of course, this episode just very, just very in control. It was a very controlled. Uh, I like the the career, very charismatic and, and controlled performance by the actress who plays her, and um, she's going to have a very uh, like the women. The women in this uh, during the season are going to have a, a vital role in what and how this thing turns out between Cassandra, uh, Veronique, uh, Sissy, and of course Louis. They and of course Louis. They're going to have they they're really going to drive drive the season um, in terms of what again, in terms of what happens uh, with all how this how this thing is going to play out. And finally, of course, um, the scene you know that everybody's talking about. I'm sure on the internet. I, I stayed away from the internet today, trying to avoid. You know, I guess I, I watched the episodes last night, but I really I wasn't on the internet um, watching watching things or reactions from this uh, from these two episodes. I want you know a fresh perspective on it. But the Jerome Franklin scene. They meet in a diner, a meeting that was brokered basically uh by uh sissy as she met with Jerome for you know some Sunday dinner. Um and everybody again, everybody's pushing towards Franklin and the family uh making up. Like everybody's pushing like, you know, Scully, we saw a man Scully who's, you know, turned into basically Mr. in Enlightenment and Mr. just at ease, you know, talk about somebody who's done a one eighty in terms of where their mentality was. But everybody's pushing for Franklin and uh, the family to make up, Veronique, Sissy. Uh, so they meet up at this bar, at this restaurant, at a diner. And the thing that makes this scene, that made this scene, uh, I think a legit top five scene uh, in the history of the show was there were no lies told. They both were right, and they both were hypocrites. Because the bottom line is, first of all, the dialogue, Jerome the dialogue and the storytelling of how he came to California um, and settled in really it told you a lot about Jerome that Jerome is a guy who never really has it's kind of like a man without a country he really has never found his place in life like this you know the, the Jerome you see right now uh, that's not he's not comfortable like the money that's Louis that Louis, you had basically had Jerome dressed up as Louis, the the jewelry and all that. It's just not his thing. Like that, that's not that's not who Jerome is at his core. And I think Jerome struggles with identity. Like I, I think that Jerome has struggled with identity over the course of the of the series, and he continues to struggle with identity. And I think that's part of the reason why, you know, he mentioned during the uh during that dialogue, the conversation with Franklin that you know he came he, he came uh, to California reluctantly. Uh, with Sissy, she did. She was by the bay. She was during, at the bay. He said, "L.A. You know, settled. He settled in on L.A. Uh, got a job. Then you know, was drinking and you know, basically 
nightlife, partying, having a lot of sex. He said none of it ever filled what was fulfilling to him. None of it. And then, you know, he proceeds to basically discuss uh, his involvement in terms of uh, the relationship he had with Sissy and all the shit that she went through without going off the wagon and then, you know, trying to support her and with, you know, with, with trying to support her struggling without and raising Franklin at the same time. And he, you know, and I don't think he was trying to guilt trip Franklin. I, I think this was legitimately how he felt. The one time that he was at peace, seemingly was, you know, bringing Franklin along before he introduced him to the dime bags, right? And watching Franklin grow up and wanting Franklin to, you know, I would think he didn't say this, but seemingly wanting him to uh, probably go to college and, and what have you. We know how intelligent Franklin is. Um, so he seemed to be at peace with that, but then things turned left real quick uh, when Jerome basically said, you know, you are conniving, bitch made, bitch made, you know, you know, cutthroat and what have you. Uh, and then Franklin challenged him, went back at him and said, hey, look, we wouldn't be going through all this if, uh, if it wasn't for Louis. And he's right. Like, he says, you know, called her a trick, said, you know, called her a bitch. Uh, basically, you know, and basically he was right. Louis manipulated has manipulated Frank, manipulated Jerome. She basically was. I mean, Louis. Louis has kind of driven this whole thing. To be honest with you, even with Franklin. Like, remember, you go back to season one. You know, with Claudia and all that that shit that popped off in season one. Louis was the one that uh, always supported Franklin with the drug game. Now, Jerome had you know Jerome introduced him with the dime bags, but it was Louis. That took it to a, took him to another level with with with, the, with some of her contacts and with her just her her cunning and her uh just her being as streetwise as she was uh in terms of that game it was Louis and Louis has been the driving force behind this Franklin knows that and I think deep deep down Jerome knows that that he's not really calling the shots that it's been Louis that has driven this. And Louis, even in this episode, Louis manipulated Jerome. Like she told him, as they, you know, before that meeting, um, earlier in the episode, she told him that, you know, he pulled a gun. He pulled, you know, it's, there's one thing I forgot to tell you about that night. You, you know, your nephew pulled a gun on me, and I think he was going to shoot me. So uh, before the before the ex cop course showed up, so Louis has has kind of been like the. You know, there are you know there are quote some Shakespeare, kind of like the Lady Macbeth uh, of this, and Franklin knows it, Jerome knows it, but it's one of those situations where you have an argument with somebody, and you know that they're right, but you don't, you're too private, your, your ego won't allow them, your pride won't allow them to admit it, to admit that they're right. Both of the, both Franklin and Jerome were right, and both of them were hypocrites because the bottom line is Jerome. Jerome, you're talking about the guy that Franklin is right now. You introduced him to the drug game with, with the dime bags. Like, let's, let's let's be honest. And did you think that he was going to stop once he saw how was once he made some easy, fast, quick money? I mean, come on. <laughs> you you allowed him to store. And I, I was rewatching season three last weekend. 
you allowed him to store product in your, you know, Jam and Jerome's in your place of business. You didn't have to do that. But he did. And, you know, there was a line, and this this, this was a cold line by Franklin. Let me pull it up. There was a line in, in the dialogue. This is what Franklin said about, uh, says about Jerome. And I know it, it pissed Jerome off to no end. Uh, you were, but basically, listen, I, I, basically, I, I posted on my Instagram. Basically, he said, hey, Jerome, you, you had, you were about a subwoofer and a weight bench. Like, I, I introduced you, to, uh, you have everything because of me. Like, all, everything you had, the money, all this you have because of me. And Jerome flips it on him and says, yeah, CIA chasing me. Bodies, you know, bodies on me, um, you know, a uh, family, basically, you know, your mother losing, who's lost her mind. They, all this is because of you, you know, blood, money. So he was right. Again, Jerome was right. So, again, this was one of these scenes, great writing in the scene where there's no writer. There's nobody who there were no lies told by either one of them. It ends up with Jerome, you know, smacking, punching Louis, punching uh, Franklin twice before Franklin finally pulls a gun out of him gun out on, on him and you know threats to, basically threats to kill him we know that he was not going to shoot him uh he just was basically tired of getting smacked uh he had and he can't beat Jerome in a fight so he had to do something and he pulls a gun out on him and he you know yells at that knowing that he wasn't going to shoot him uh and he walks back to his car um now we know frankly was not was not going to shoot Jerome but I I I, I say that Jerome wanted to die in that moment. I think Jerome, listen, remember last season, or was it season four? I think it was, yes, last season, uh, Jerome was going through some stuff with the men, remember, uh, mentally. He had some mental, some serious mental health problems. He went to see a, um, I think he yeah, went to see a, a, a psychiatrist, some psychologist or something like that last season where he dealt was, was discussing some issues that he had not talked about. Uh, so I, I I think again Jerome has never been fulfilled at all, and I think in that listen I think Jerome was at his happiest, like I said earlier in the podcast, when he uh, was you know was selling dime bags, you know uh, had the weight bench on the had the weight bench on his porch and was chilling. I I, I never I never bought it. I never thought that Jerome was all in, bought into this lifestyle. I did. I know this is Louis. This is Louis. This is always Louis. Louis always been the one who wanted the money and was addicted to the game. I, Jerome. Jerome is not addicted to the game. Louis is. Franklin's. Franklin's addicted to the game. Uh, Teddy Mac is addicted to the game. Jerome has never been addicted to this. Addicted to this. He was reluctantly went alongside these two powerful forces in Louis and Franklin Saint. Jerome at his core is a guy who, again, a around-the-way little nickel-dime drug dealer who was content with the life that he was living before all this came about. So, legitimately, legitimately one of the top, I, I'm, I'm not speaking hyperbole either, either. This was legitimately one of the top five scenes in, in the history of the show. I, I, I watched the scene at least five or six times. It was a just a tremendous scene. Uh, both actors were, were at the top of their games uh, in this scene. Uh, the, I, again, the, it was love. It was hate. It was anger. 
It was fear. Um, there was a lot going on with this particular uh, in this particular scene uh, with Franklin Saint and uh, and Jerome. Episode MVP. I would say I would split it up three ways. Uh, I would go Jerome Franklin in that particular scene, and I also have to. I cannot discount Michael Michael Hyatt, Sissy Saint in the scene that she had with Franklin. I, so I would split it up between those three. Uh, between those three as the episode MVP. Predictions and expectations. So we got a little sneak peek at the end of the episode. Uh, episode two of of, of a kind of like a season, uh, season long trailer where it was about a minute, maybe only 30, 30 seconds to a minute. Um, it looks again, it looks wild. It looks like a lot. Just again, everybody is going to be un, is going to be under the pressure. Under pressure. The only, listen, the only one, the only person. The only gangster that that seemingly is at peace is, is Scully. Scully is chilling right now. Like Scully, you know, he's selling his drugs. He's still a kingpin, but he is at Scully is in his happy place. He like he is a in his uh, euphoria state right now. Scully, everybody else is in a panic. Everybody else is sweating bullets, dodging bullets. Um, so I think you know you're gonna see the heat. On all of these characters, uh, to say the least, a couple other things that happened um, of note: um, rest in peace to, to Black Diamond. Of course, she was killed. She got killed by Jerome. Um, and again, and by the way, and Jerome, listen: when Jerome kills somebody, Jerome is not someone who who it sleeps like a baby like that. Jerome takes that to heart. Like the character, like we've seen him, just like he doesn't take that lightly. When he takes a life, like that's just like that's like Jerome is not like a he's not like Barlow off the wire. Like he Jerome, you know, he feels these things. You saw the scene he had uh, with uh, Louis, and you know, I think I might have killed killed one of them when he um, killed Black Diamond, uh, basically crushing her head with a gun. Um, you have uh, Kane's gonna be interesting this season because Kane. Another wild card. I, I predict that Kane is going to be the downfall of, of Louis. Uh, I just don't think that that like he's not going to stop until one of them, if not both of them, are dead. Like, I, I I can make you a prediction right now that Kane would be the one to take out either Louis or Jerome. I, I'm not going to say both of them, but probably I would lean towards Louis to be honest with you. Or Jerome, either one. Um, no, um, no, Leon in either one of the episodes. Of course, he's in, in Africa. He's he, he, of course, will be back. I, he they showed him on the season long trailer uh, last week. Uh, not last week, last night. He he will be back. Of course, the show. Listen, it's, it's a much better. It's a better show when when Leon is around. Uh, that whole Leon Franklin dynamic we know has been uh, great for uh, for the last five, five, first five seasons. So. Uh, Leon will be back, uh, so we'll see him. What I what my expectation is, I don't want them. There should be. Listen, Franklin has lost seventy three million dollars. Right, the chain of here's what the chain of events. So, Teddy Mac, Teddy McDonald takes seventy three million dollars from Franklin. He robs Louis and Jerome and what have you. I don't want, there should be no reunion with Franklin, Louis, and Jerome. Like, that. I can't, have, I don't want this, we, we become family again and, and, and take down Teddy back as a family. No. 
No, uh, and I think I, I don't believe that this show will go that route. I don't want to see that. It's over between Franklin, Louis, and Jerome. Especially Franklin and Jerome, it's over from that standpoint. They, there's not, there's no going back with that. He sold three forty four million dollars. He compromises their business, continues to compromise their business. In terms of with Dion, with, with with Big Dion, and uh, uh, with uh, and, and even with Teddy Mac, they had to front Teddy Mac. Teddy McDonald had to front them money uh, to get a new supply because they didn't because of all the money that Franklin had taken, and also the product that Franklin had taken. So he has he has compromised their business. To a point to where it's like you can't. There's no coming back from that. There's not. You can't come back from that. So I don't believe the show will go that route. Uh, there has there has to be an all out war between um, between Teddy Mac. All out war between um, Franklin, Louis, and Jerome. That's all their story. Like they don't need to go back into that 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 reunion. It should not be. It should not come. Will not come about. I don't think will come about. Nor should it. Uh, interesting with Gustavo and Franklin. So Gustavo and Franklin met up, and Franklin basically said, "Well, Franklin basically wanted the information. Uh, he wanted more information, of course, so he can go after Teddy Mac." Gustavo said, "Hey, um, Gustavo, of course, is is working for the DEA, so." He's trying to get information uh, as well on the guy that that Franklin ended up meeting, meeting up with. Uh, Franklin's like, I can get you ten million dollars as well, but Franklin's not going to give him the information until Franklin number one gets his money, uh, and then he will give him pass off that give him that information on 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 the on the guy Ruben. So Franklin played it smart. Uh, that was a call back to when they met when they won when they won their first meeting back in season one, if you remember. Another callback was uh, the ice cream. So if you notice, remember, um, I believe Franklin bought the kids some ice cream in season one, and he was like the neighborhood. He was the big, big man in the neighborhood. Everybody liked him. You saw this. You saw in this uh, this time, Black Diamond's son uh, would not take a thought, would not take any money from him from in terms of the ice cream uh, because he. And he doesn't. And the, son, the son doesn't even know that she's dead, but just they, you know, doesn't just there was a vibe that just wasn't. A, it was not a good vibe between them. And you know, kids. And I noticed twenty years in education, kids just have instincts that you know that are somewhat undefeated. Like they, they, they can sense kind of evil. They can sense you know a bad vibe. So that that young man picked up on that quick. Um picked up on that quick. So kind of a couple callbacks from that standpoint. Uh, this this season is going to be a phenomenal season. I, I know there's no two ways about it to be. Um, it's going to be a great season. Looking forward to it. We will be back next week to talk about episode three of the hit series Snowfall season six. This is the Real Deal Podcast. I will see you next time. Have a great, great rest of your evening. So long.